0: I'm not the only
1: Listening to WBCA 102.9, Boston's community radio station. Welcome to the Mindful Aging Show, where we explore the connection between health, mindful aging, and aging gracefully to give you information to make choices that educate and empower you to be your best advocate and live your life fully. My name is Sebra B and I'm the host of the show. The goal of this show is to identify mindful aging from your own perspective and put it into action for you to live a life that you value. With this show, I want to explore mindful aging and find out what that is and how to live mindfully as we age. I want to talk about education, empowerment, and advocacy, and how you can take action On today's show, we will share information about health and aging that can help you stay focused. And just as John Coffey and the Van Gogh brothers say from our song, I want to live without doubt. So our guest today is Dr. Lisa Cabruso, who is a geriatric doctor at Boston Medical Center. And when I have my guests, I like for them to tell us all about them. So I want to start by welcoming you, Dr. Caruso, to our show.
0: Thank you very much, Zebra. I'm really pleased to be here.
1: You're welcome. So tell us. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about geriatrics, what it is, and why you went into working with older adults.
0: Thank you. Well, we can start with sort of defining what geriatrics is. And geriatrics is a field of medicine that specializes in taking care of older adults. And we say older adults, generally that's 65 years and older, but not necessarily does chronologic age equal physiologic age. So we tend to sometimes go a little bit below 65. And in general, we take care of patients that are maybe a little bit older than 65 too. So, but Older adults do have specialized health issues, and my role as a physician that specializes in geriatrics is to promote healthy aging as well as help older adults cope and care for themselves with the specific illnesses and conditions that are known for older adults. So I know you want to hear my story, Sebra. I've known uh, you for a long time, and yeah. I'm not sure that that I've ever sort of told you my story and to how I found my way into my field. Um, first off, I'll start by saying I was born in Pittsburgh, and uh, my parents were a little older when they had me. Uh, my mother was close to 40, and my dad was close to 50. Uh, they had uh, me and my brother, who's younger than I am but they always had, it seemed to me, friends who were older. Uh, My mother's parents were alive during some of my childhood, and they died both of dementia in their 80s. Uh, My dad's parents had died before I was born. So, you know, my maternal grandparents were a bit a part of my life, but they always I knew that they had some cognitive problems and I knew that they had some functional problems, too. But they were always part of our family and they never lived with us. But my mother was very, very close to them and took care of them through their through their life. Um, so I had that pretty early introduction of feeling comfortable with older adults who had forgetfulness and um you know, did some behaviors. I remember my grandfather wandering around at nighttime, kind of confused, and and waking us up and thinking, you know, I I wanted to help him, and mm-hmm. so I and my mother also had that. She was a nurse, and my father was a physician. Oh. Actually, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. My mother actually um, she didn't work after she had me, mm-hmm. and uh, but she remained very active in the community and certainly very active in taking care of. Her parents, as well as older adults in the community, Um, she started volunteering with Meals on Wheels, a community service in Pittsburgh that I know we have here in Boston. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah, Mm.
0: and that was volunteer out of a church that was not too far from my home, and I remember that I was her runner, that we would go to the church in the summertime, pick up the meals, and uh, we would drive around to the route, and I would run the meals into the homes, And I got to see where people lived and I got to see um, how grateful they were. And I'm sure they saw this, you know, teenager coming up and they were pretty excited about that, too. (laughs) But I was pretty excited because I just thought I was very welcomed and I looked forward every week to seeing some of the same people on the route. Mm. And so, you know, while it was a short interaction, I realized that they had stories to tell also and that they had they had children around that they had pets and i got just really comfortable i think with with older adults and and hearing their stories so when i went to medical school i was i wasn't really thinking i didn't even know there was a specialty of geriatrics and i thought i also enjoyed working with kids so i thought i'd go into pediatrics Well, when I did my pediatric rotation, I was getting sick regularly. So I thought, "Mm, this may not be for me. (laughs) And uh, I got to OB. I thought, well, maybe I'd like to deliver babies because that's really fun. And then I thought, "Mm, this is sort of, um, I I felt like it was a bit of, I would say, you know, the same thing a bit over and over. And Mm. so when I got to internal medicine, it was a much more, heterogeneous group of problems and heterogeneous group of patients, and it was very cognitively interesting, but I still gravitated toward the older adults. I remember a VA rotation I did, Mm -hmm. and we had time as medical students. I don't know if the medical students still have time, (laughs) but we had time to kind of take the history and sit by the bedside and hear what mattered to those older veterans what was their story what got them to where they were where were they going after their hospitalization how could i help them get through this to make sure that they were able to achieve and 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 keep what mattered to them mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I went into internal medicine, my first rotation, my second year was in geriatrics, I got out of the hospital and got to visit people again in their homes, which was fantastic. And uh, I had a little panel of home care patients that I kept. And by the end of my second year, I thought, you know what, I think primary care is a little big for me, and I wanted to specialize. And so I thought, we have a program at Boston Medical Center, I did my fellowship in geriatrics. And I never look back after that. I have just really, really, really loved working with older people. They're interesting. They're energetic. They're complicated. They're, um, you know, they. I love the family unit. Um, I love the relationships and the stories. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yes, I did learn a few things that I didn't know, which is fantastic. So when you talked about, you know, just comparison, I guess, with primary care, I know that sometimes it is challenging for someone that's growing older to make the switch from primary care to geriatrics. And in terms of, once again, this is the Mindful Aging Show, and I'm really going to focus on being fully focused on when to know if that time is ever there when you might want to make a shift to another part of... um, internal medicine. What would you say about that?
0: Yeah. That's a great question. There aren't that many geriatricians out there. Mm. In the whole country, there's about 7 8,000 practicing geriatricians. And as you know, with the aging of the American population, there are I there are, you know, I think we're up to somewhere in the 40 million. Uh, Mm -hmm. people on Medicare at the moment. Mm -hmm. So there definitely aren't enough geriatricians. So primary care has to take care of older adults also, and they do a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I think that where geriatricians come in is when there are a lot of cognitive, functional um, changes that are going on, lots of medications, um, lots of... um, complexities in care, meaning that there's maybe, you know, the person is no longer independent and may need other ways to care for them. I think geriatricians are really good at kind of putting together plans that are helpful to patients and getting rid of some things maybe that aren't so helpful and kind of just just putting all those complexities together with the person at the center, with the patient at the center and understanding some of the syndromes like incontinence, like falls, like depression, like pressure ulcers, like polypharmacy. So we're really well trained in putting all those things together and thinking holistically, but also very specifically into what can we change and what we what can we maybe not change?
1: Mm, mm, that is so important. And when we talk about, once again, uh, mindful aging, and and like I said, when we're focusing on health, I want to use the term fully focused. And looking at some of the things that you actually just talked about, I know that there are older older adults that may say, well, I don't have all of that. So should I really see a geriatrician? Um, do they take more time when with me? Would they be able to answer my questions? And I just want the audience to know that this is not a comparison between the specialties because, as Dr. Caruso said, all is important. But just looking at focusing on your aging process, how you're aging with, as she said, you as the patient in the center and being fully focused on getting the best resources, the best um, assessment with the physicians that you have, um, the best support uh, from the community. Is it reasonable to say that since that focus is there with geriatrics, it is a good support system?
0: Yeah, I think you bring up an excellent point um, about that assessment, that We also, as geriatricians, offer consults. It doesn't mean that you have to transition your care to a geriatrician. As I said, there aren't that many of us. Mm -hmm. So we really, really couldn't absorb all older adults. But there are um, geriatricians who offer geriatric assessment, which we do at Boston Medical Center. Maybe there's a one-time visit, one or two visits, to kind of support the primary care physician in focusing in, in looking at things a different way, looking at also using our nurse resources we have in our clinic who are excellent in geriatric care, looking um, to connect them with social workers who know what the community resources are. So all of that can be done just as an assessment. And many geriatricians provide geriatric assessments uh, and we also offer at Boston Medical Center a memory disorders clinic too. Oh. So um, those two things can be really helpful, I think, to older for older adults to know about.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like you know you're looking at the person holistically, and making sure that they have what they need. That's what it really sounds like, and I think that that's great because in this world where it seems like healthcare is kind of disconnected. Sometimes we get really frustrated and when circumstances happen to us as we age, we don't quite know, you know, how to navigate the healthcare system. We don't quite know where to 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 ne- negotiate, I guess. And so to hear that primary care and geriatric care can form a partnership and under certain circumstances you might need to give up one for the other, but in other circumstances, you don't. I think that's really good to know that it's a team approach with you in the center is what I'm trying to say.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Is,
1: that's wonderful. Now to just kind of move into the aging process. And I'd like to hear what you feel about or how you feel about aging gracefully uh, and what that should look like. What do you think that looks like?
0: Oh, my goodness. That's a tough question, Deborah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I certainly have um, patients in my mind who I aspire to age like. And uh, I think that I, you know, while it may be that we see those advertisements of the you know, 100 year old putting her leg up against the lamppost and thinking, wow, you know, she's or the, the the ones who are doing the marathons and ballet dancing and, you know, winning all the chess games. I, I feel like, you know, I wasn't that kind of person <laughs> as a young person. So yeah. I, I cannot aspire to be that kind of person as an older adult. Mm. So for me, I don't know if those would be perfect images of aging gracefully. I, um, I have you know, I can talk from a personal perspective as well as sort of people that I see as is, is that I care for. But I just feel that uh, as we age and I'll just speak for myself as I age, maybe I should say that I've noticed a wisdom that is is there. Um, I I do take a little more time to think about things and I do listen, I think, more carefully than I did. As a younger person, but I also think I've collected so much more information and experience that I can listen better because I recognize things. All of those, all of those dots. One of my mentors said, "You have to collect the dots before you can connect the dots." Uh So, you know, I've collected those, and I think as you age, you collect those experiences in your mind over time. And if you're kind of a thoughtful, reflective person, then. Those are going to come together as you change, as your body changes, as your situation changes. And you can kind of put those together in a little different way than you did when you were younger. And I think that's a really important piece of aging gracefully is being able to change. You know, we never stop changing. We can't go backwards and uh, we don't have a choice but to go forwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that not accepting the fact that there is change that's going to occur is is probably something that I think, you know, holds people back sometimes from getting to a place where they're going to be happy and when they're going to be able to still maintain those things that really matter to them. What do you think?
1: Actually, I think that I think you're right. I think looking at change is very, very important. And uh, I remember hearing about, you know, these stages of change. And I think a lot of times we maybe jump from the first stage of preparation to the last stage of acceptance and don't really go through the transition of those stages, you know, in between. I think since, like I said, the focus of the show is mindful aging and knowing that is focusing on what's happening in the moment, And the moment doesn't necessarily have to be a minute in time. The moment can be a period in your life. And looking at, and I'll say for myself, looking at what's happening with my body, what's happening with my thought process, what's happening with my environment and how I'm affected with that. Because I know that what happened a minute ago ago is not going to happen in the next minute. So I'm looking at taking that. And when I say being the best person I can be, like you said, I certainly I do chair yoga, but I don't think in this lifetime I'll be putting my my leg all the way up to my nose. And by the way, I think the woman in that picture had been has been doing yoga for like 70 years. So she can do that. (laughs) She's that flexible. (laughs) But just looking at, you know, what I'm going to do with my life. And when I um, talk to people or see people that I haven't seen in a long time or have to introduce myself, I do say at first that yes, I'm retired, but I also say I'm in a new club, which is the reinventing and uh, reimagining and reinventing my life. Because now I can do that and I can be in control of whatever that looks like. And if health challenges come to me or any other challenges, I think my focus for being fully focused is to know that there are resources out there, know that there's support, but I can reach out for those things. They're not necessarily going to come to me. And at this point in my life, it's almost like it's, it is, it is my, my gift, I'll say, from the universe to be able to see that there are other things that I can do for my health. There are things that I can do for my socialization. There are things that I can do for all of the, the things that I'm curious about in life. So, yeah, and that to me is looking at myself holistically, which I actually demand that anyone else that interacts with me looks at me the same way. You know. So, yeah, thank you for asking that question. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you, There, I, I am blessed— to have about five people in my life that are in their 90s, from age 90 to my oldest cousin, who is 96. And they live a variety of lifestyles. Some are very healthy. Some don't consider themselves very healthy. But a common theme with them, which is very interesting, is that when we're talking, a lot of times they say, I don't know why I'm still here. Even Even my cousin, who is active every day, has Spanish classes in her living room. She's a volunteer. She does all of these things. So I'm just interested in hearing your take on how you would answer someone in their 90s that says, oh, I don't know why I'm still here.
0: I think that's a interesting comment that people make. Um, and I can appreciate where that comes from mm. because... Um, I think that our identity is connected to our work life, for one, Uh and that um, as we retire, I think that's a very complicated time period for many people, not for some who have tons of interest and their identity isn't wrapped up in their work. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, we all do, I think, strive for a purpose, um, no matter what the life stage is, and that when you get to be ninety, you know that that we've been told, and we know we only have a hundred years to live. You know, we sort of think of that, unless you're you're, you're a supercentenarian, mm-hmm. uh, and you're you're at a go to 110. But it is a a you know where do you fit in to to life at that stage? Um, what is your purpose? What I mean, I, I think we ask ourselves that, as I said, through life. But um, at that age, when you can kind of see, wow, you know, what's separating me from truly from, from life and death, Mm. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a hard, is it, is it that they're depressed? I don't think that they're depressed. I think they ask that question because, you know, what is each day going to bring for me? Mm. And what am I, what is my purpose for each day? And it's, it's, a very reasonable question to answer. And I think that it's hard for people who are giving and and outgoing to kind of take it inside and say, well, what's important to me for today? Um, Rather than say, you know, I have to do something and why am I here? What's important to me today? And to take that reflection seriously. And and maybe as we're younger, we should learn that too. Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actually that sounds like something that I can even share with them when I'm talking to them. So I want to remind everybody that we're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio, and this is the Mindful Aging Show. I'm your host, Sebra B., and my guest today is Dr. Lisa Caruso, a geriatrician at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Caruso, as we start to wrap up our program, I'd like to ask my guests if you had the opportunity to talk to your younger self, you can pick whatever decade, what would
0: you say? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I would tell my younger self, and I would probably start somewhere in, I don't know, maybe around college, maybe around the time when I started medical school. So I think that I would tell my younger self, speak up, be bold. Uh, I think that I was was nervous to do that. I think in my mind, I sort of thought that I could achieve certain things, but I, I don't know if I was limited by the nervousness and stress that I might have felt and failing so i think that i would remind my younger self that don't worry about failing just try you know just put those put put that anxiety down as much as you can and give it a go stand up in front of people at the raise your hand at the table um sit at the table And be part of the conversation and that your thoughts, uh, people want to hear your thoughts. And don't be held back by um, thinking that you're going to be judged or that you're going to fail. Okay. And
1: the last question is, what is mindful aging really to you? And how are you aging mindfully?
0: Well, I would say... um, I am focusing on my physical health. Um I try to try. Remember, people say try <laughs> when they're not doing it. But in my case, I, I will say I do go to do some cardio at the gym or take a walk twice a week. I am a weekend warrior, I admit okay. it. It's usually Saturday, Sunday. I don't do that during the week unless I'm on vacation, in which case I do a little bit more. So I try to focus. I do focus on that. And I also do do yoga. I try to do that twice a week, maybe sometimes more. And um, I also try to keep myself active. Um, I like going out and, and pursuing interests and seeing new things and also being social and getting together with my friends and my family. So I think those are probably my three intentional areas um that i have felt will help me to age gracefully.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: I think the mind part yeah. like can i prevent prevent dementia? I i don't know at mm. this point, you know. I'm just trying to keep that good stuff, that socialization <laughs> and keep moving. Mm-hmm. And i think if i do those two things then um i i hope that will push push off the dementia for a while.
1: Okay. made me think of one more thing if I was a medical student and I just didn't know what I wanted to do how would you tell me about geriatrics
0: well I think that to work with older adults you absolutely have to have patience and curiosity and not that that doesn't apply to many many other areas of medicine but um, I think that that's specifically applicable to older adults. Plus, you have to be able to m- handle a lot of complexity. I remember a medical student when she was with me on one of my first rotations that I was not an attending, and she was a medical student, and said that that you know I don't know how why we're rotating on geriatrics because the patients are so complicated. I'm just trying to learn how to treat pneumonia. Uh-huh. And I said, well. <laughs> You know, you may not be built for this field. So, so I think that it's a certain person that moves towards working with older adults because of those complexities. So I would if if a person was interested in working with older adults, a medical student was interested, I would I would bring them to see the range of, um, not just patients, because they're so heterogeneous but also the opportunities. You can work in the community doing house calls. Mm-hmm. You can work in a clinic doing assessments, as I said. You can be on the inpatient service and take care of sick people who are hospitalized. You can work in nursing homes. You can, um, you know, work in, in with insurance companies who, who insure older adults. There's so many opportunities that people who have specialties, um, physicians who specialize in geriatrics have that, you um, it's just a fantastic field. And that's one reason I love it, too, is because I never run out of opportunities to to serve and, and to help and to also be stimulated.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I want to let the audience know that we're planning on having an ongoing recurring series with our physicians. And I hope that Dr. Caruso will be able to come back and just continue to talk to us about mindful aging. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. This was the Mindful Aging Show. I'm your host, Sebra B., and we will see you next time.